This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 264. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on bonus episode 264, it's another listener choice episode. Yesterday in the Facebook group page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast, I flung up three options for you ladies and gents to vote on. The unanimous winner of that vote was John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars and that will be reviewed after the first break. Before we get to that as always let's catch up. Let's catch up under the stairs. This has been a fairly hectic tumultuous week where we have done interviews, reviews, a mixtape and now into a little bit of listener choice. Before the week is out tomorrow we will return with a little Arrow video assortment for all y'all out there and then swing into a brand new week of podcasts under the stairs content that will kick off in earnest on Monday with another one of those X-Files themed episodes. I'll be tackling down two episodes picked by you guys today on the Facebook group page. So if you listen to this episode early, there is a poll up there that is going to run to the end of the day. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast with four options. The two winners of those four options will be covered on the show on Monday. So get your vote in. Your vote counts to shape what we're doing. There is no episode at all out on the Teapots Collective this week. Next week, though, we return with where to begin with Jallo. So make sure if you're taking part in that, you have watched the movie from last month, you've got your review written and you've got it sent in. If you're not partaking in that, but just enjoying the conversation and you need to do no work at all, but bide your time for the next episode to drop. And that is you, all 100% caught up with us on this series. It is worth saying that I have confirmed on the Facebook group page when the summer series will be kicking off. The first episode will drop Monday the 3rd of August. So we are just under a month, essentially four weeks away from the summer series kicking off, ladies and gents. So strap yourself in and get ready for a whole lot of 2000 decade punishment coming your way. Right, let's do this. Let's take a short break. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for Ghosts of Mars. When we return, we're discussing that movie right after this. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new podcast cure-all. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host cure what ails you. 
Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin cough, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult physician before listening. prisoner transport. Williams was arrested on the suspicion of murdering six rail workers. The bodies were hung and decapitated. But here, a million miles from home. Hello? Anybody here? Drop your weapon. I ain't going back. They're about to discover nothing is what it seems. We've got a situation there. Everybody in the mine's gone inside. What the hell is going on out there? Whatever used to live here, we woke it up. It takes us. I'm talking about a kind of possession. Something's kicking out there. We need us, and we need you. None of us is going to survive if we don't stick together. Come on. Time to stay alive. Second time I saved your life. Yeah, run a town! From the master of terror. Go, get out! John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. Damn, girl. I like you already. And welcome back, ladies and gents. You've just heard the trailer for Ghosts of Mars. This was your selection for the Listener Choice episode. This is directed by the master of horror, John Carpenter, based on the screenplay by Larry Sulkis and John Carpenter. Um, the movie itself, an eclectic hodgepodge of a cast here. Uh, we've got Natasha Hensridge, Ice Cube, Jason Statham, Clee Duval, Pam Greer, Joanne Cassidy, Richard Sertone, um, Rosemary Forsyth, Liam Waite, Dwayne Davis, Lobo Sebastian, Rodney E. Grant, Peter Jason, uh, Wanda De Jesus, or Jesus, I don't know, uh, and Doug McGrath, all in this one for ya. Um, we have a synopsis here. That synopsis is in 2176. A Martian police unit is sent to pick up a highly dangerous criminal at a remote mining post. Upon arrival, the cops find that the post has become a charnel house. Um, where to begin with this one? This could be really fun, actually, because... Like John Carpenter, in a lot of eyes to a lot of people, has done no wrong, right? And most people don't acknowledge anything the guy could potentially have done wrong. And that's fine. I'm totally down with that. At the same time, 
on the flip side, uh, John Carpenter had a great run of movies for a long time and then towards the end of his filmic career as it exists at the moment anyway, we're not saying that the guy might never come back and do anything, um, a lot of people consider that it fell off. And yet, if you're talking about pure quality against the standard of John Carpenter, yes, I agree. It is certainly nowhere near the the realms of a you know, kind of day live or a, you know something along the lines of Escape from New York or a Fog, The Thing, you know Halloween. When you list those movies out, you, you get a, a true strength of this guy's conviction and power and prowess for a time period. When you look at his later career, maybe that falls off. I'm not a particularly big fan of Village of the Damned. If I'm honest, I think it's a bit okay, which is not great. Uh, Escape from LA, whilst it is balls to the wall fun, it's a bit of a misstep. I really like Vampires, but I understand the complaints against that movie 100%. And then you move into this one, which is ostensibly second last kind of cinematic horror movie. And he's obviously did things with the, the Masters of Horror TV show, but this is kind of um, like winding down on the career that we we would know uh, with, with Ghosts of Mars. And then The Ward, which I don't think is nearly as bad as people think it is. But once again, compared to his long-standing career, maybe it's just not what people wanted. It's better than a lot of horror movies that came out in the year it came out, so I'll just put that forward as a counter. Not the best by any stretch of imagination, nowhere near the fucking worst. Um, and Ghost of Mars awkwardly sits somewhere in amongst all that. It's a movie that weirdly is getting reappraised almost year upon year now, where people are like, nah, maybe it's not terrible. Nah, maybe it's not shit. Nah, maybe it's okay to like this movie. I never disliked it, if I'm honest. It's nowhere near a patch top-level Carpenter, but I have the same kind of goofy entertainment from it that I do from watching Escape from LA. I mean, it's not a great movie in a lot of respects. It's John Carpenter essentially remaking one of his own movies. This is Assault and Precinct 13, just set space, uh, with aliens that are possessed with, you know, Martian spirits um, that are kind of vampiric and look... I, I, we can get down a rabbit hole on this one but how about we don't and you know there's that aspect about it but I mean there's a lot of missteps and we should probably tackle them first now what I will say is even coming back to watch this movie Indicator have put out the Blu-ray in the UK and the Indicator print is lush and the special features kind of fucking great but what we're getting with this movie is the retelling of events kind of big trouble in little China style um, about what happened during a certain time period when uh, Melanie Ballard played by Natasha Henstridge is going to pick up this terrible terrible criminal played by Ice Cube who has the worst name in cinema history I've said this many times before I'll lean into it again Desolation Williams is a terrible fucking name for you know if this is the nickname you've given to this guy as a criminal um, in 2176 or whenever the movie's supposed to be set Desolation Williams lacks imagination um, and Ice Cube to be honest is not a great choice here Ice Cube I think works really well in more comedic performances and these kind of more actiony sort of roles I think sometimes he leaves 
he leaves a bit to be desired. He feels out of place in this movie. And you only have to look at some of the... There's a young Jason Statham in here. Or a very young Jason Statham in here. But when you have people like Pam Greer on the screen, I just want more Pam Greer. Give me all the Pam Greer we can. Um, we don't get nearly enough of her in this movie. So there's a bit of a misstep there. That being said, I love the set. I love the design. Um, I like how it's futuristic, but it's John Carpenter futuristic. So there's still that kind of nihilism in the background. Um, I think it's shot great. Like, Carpenter's still got a great eye, regardless the content of the movie. I like the way the film tracks. I like the shots he does, the action. Carpenter could have easily been an action director if he wanted. You only have to watch movies like Big Trouble in Little China to get that feel that, yes, he's a, he's a absolute master of horror, but very much like someone like Wes Craven tracking action shots in a movie like um, House of Eyes 2. You know, these guys could cut their chops in different genres if they wanted, whereas I don't think a lot of action directors can do horror movies. I think they lack that timing or understanding, the nuance that's required. And their Carpenter could easily have his feet in both pools um, and, you know, not get uncomfortable in either. So I think that works well. The score is bitching. The score, um, this is Carpenter kind of, this is Carpenter before he goes off and does the whole music tour thing he's doing nowadays. But he's working with like people like Buckethead and Scott Ian and shitloads of like proper like thrash metal musicians and you know virtuoso guitar players and all the rest to craft a score for this one and the documentary feature on the indicator uh, disc where he's talking about the process of scoring this movie. He, he looks like that's the bit he's more interested in than the movie. And if that's the case, fuck it. I'm, I'm with him. I enjoy John Carpenter when he's happy and he's enjoying his time. And he looks like he certainly is on that aspect. So the score is bitching. I, I listen to the score like regularly, a couple of times a year. I'll shove on the old uh, Gossamer score, listen to it through. And I have, I have a, a blast doing it. So I, I like that aspect as well. It does kind of play into those beats of Assault and Precinct 13. So, I mean, it does, it's familiar territory if you're a Carpenter fan. He kind of loves doing siege movies and I kind of love watching John Carpenter essentially do siege movies in different locations. The choice of setting it in this kind of nihilistic Mars future, once again, I'm, I'm down with it. I love the idea of Carpenter just maybe pushing that out and trying his chops in something a bit more sci-fi. It works for me in those aspects. It's the cast. Like I say, Ice Cube, a bit of a misstep. Henstridge isn't necessarily all that great. Stratham is great at what he's doing, but he's not maybe overall all that brilliant in the movie. And um, I enjoy, like, Clea Duvall. I think she's good. But, like I say, why you would have someone like a Pam Greer in this movie not doing more kind of confuses me. You know, I feel like you should have more of that. It's the same with like the performance by Richard uh, Cetron is brilliant and Rosemary Forsyth brilliant. We're getting like tons of these little kind of even Liam Wade to an extent really good. These kind of smaller character parts that work really really well and the main characters you're kind of left with are sadly lacking something. They're lacking a bit of oomph. Um, now Carpenter, you could argue if you go back and look at Assault and Precinct Thirteen, doesn't spend a huge amount of time on character development there either. 
But I think time's moved on from that exploitation era and we need to do a bit of that and I think he's kind of lacking. And that to me maybe shows that he's not fully invested in the project he's working on. He has an interest and that might be in the musical side of things and basically making a movie. But he's maybe not totally invested in the actual subject matter itself and that maybe shows. I think some of the special effects are pretty good. Some of the CGI effects have aged horribly and to be honest, I know I use this a lot but I will say it, in 2001 they weren't all that great either. The movie does move at a, a whip though. You know, it isn't a particularly long movie overall. It's about an hour and 40. And by the time you get through all the kind of intro exposition and ending exposition, it, you know, the movie's like maybe an hour and 20 and a bit of change for the actual meat and potatoes of what you're seeing. I love the idea of the possession. I love the, the kind of evil dead kind of aspect of watching through the, the, the kind of the spirits as they're flying about trying to find their next hosts. Really enjoy that aspect. The way they body mutilate is kind of cool as well. And I think adds a lot to Carpenter's rendition of what he's doing here. So it's not just that they're changing on the inside spiritually or in the soul but they're changing physically on the outside with the presence of this morphing into something a bit more sinister and a bit more evil. Kinda love that aspect. Overall Ghosts of Mars is a bit of a hodgepodge of a movie. It has a lot of aspects that I think work incredibly well for it. A great score, a great cinematography and I um, it's a retelling of source material that Carpenter is very comfortable in doing so you're in an assured set of hands here and for the most part a lot of the special effects work kind of negative aspects casting is weirdly inconsistent and poorly executed overall um, and it doesn't feel that even though Carpenter is the master of the kind of siege movie it doesn't feel like he really wants to be here doing the job Kind of feels like he's he's like an, he's weirdly pulling an Argento here, and that he seems to be interested in everything other than the story and the cast. Um, those appear to be on the back burner for him, and as a result, it kind of hinders a lot of what you see in the movie. Now, is this a terrible movie by no stretch of the imagination? Is it? Is it one of the best Carpenter movies? No, this isn't even in the top ten, possibly. I think we probably rank a few above it, but. Is it entertaining and fun? Yeah. The same way that I would trashily shove this movie on a Saturday night, pairing it with Escape from New, uh, from LA, is the way I kind of feel about Ghosts of Mars. Uh, weirdly, it does actually pair quite well with vampires, even though they're like shot a couple of years apart. You can watch both of them and I feel they flow well into each other. But it's trash. This is not like... Um, full of nourishment and goodness like the other Carpenter works. This is a movie that is by its very nature designed to be incredibly disposable and easily forgotten. And we have to take it for what it is. Carpenter was a director who at his prominence and height, which he had for a long fucking time, a reign of over 20 years, this guy was churning out like some of the best. By the time he gets to this point, I feel it's no surprise that after the war he's not made a, another movie. I think that makes sense because to me it feels like he's kind of said everything he needs to say. He doesn't really have much more he wants to say and Ghost of Mars can certainly be seen as an indicator of that because he's essentially returning to the stuff that kind of put him on the map 
but he's doing a lesser version of it. The time has moved on and you need to adapt or you know kind of pave the way for for the new blood to come up and take the mantle. It's I mean it's a fun watch still. I mean I, I, like when I won the poll, I know some people were like, he go some Mars, Duncan has to review it. I was looking forward to it. It's been a couple of years since I watched it. Sat down, put on. It's like putting a blanket over you when you're a bit cold or there's a nip in the air. It keeps you warm. Um, and, you know, it's familiar and comfy. It's not great. Um, and I would probably be confused if anyone thought this was top tier Carpenter overall. But it's fun for what it is and it does... It does for Carpenter, I imagine, at the time what Carpenter wanted, which was the ability to make a new movie and do some music stuff, which is clearly, clearly what it got out of it. And if you watch the special features, that's what most of them focus on, to be fair. So overall, would I give Ghost of Mars as a grade? I, I kind of feel like I need to be true and honest on these shows when I do grades. That's the whole purpose of let's not do it at all. A 3.5. It's some, somewhere between I like it and I really like it. It's not, like I say, a high-concept, high-executed movie, but it is a lot of fun and entertainment, and you could do a lot worse than shoving on Ghost of Mars, switching your brain off and watching characters like Desolation Williams, played by the kind of cartoon dog-faced growler that is Ice Cube, do his thing um, and the action set-pieces that surround it. So there we go, Ghost of Mars, a 3.5 out of 5 from this guy here. Um, I'm going to take my final break when I come back I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs Ladies and gents, this has been bonus episode 264 The listener choice episode with the ghosts of Mars from John Carpenter reviewed all the way back in 2001 always fun revisiting that movie there's a multitude of ways to check out the show whenever you're listening to us right now hit subscribe on the feed and also while you're at it subscribe to Teapot's Collective and that way you get access and you will never miss any show that I record, produce and release simple as that you can visit our website it's teaputzcast.com buy merch to support the show by going to teaputzcast.bigcartel.com you can jump across to Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast. Uh, or alternatively, check out that Teaputs Collective Facebook page on facebook.com forward slash cast. You can interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness, Instagram and Twitter. Both can be followed at teaputscast. Nice and easy. Check us out on Flickchat, which is available free on Android and iOS. Our join code is teaputscast. The podcast under the stairs will return to you tomorrow, dear friends, when we do another one of those Arrow video assortments. But until then, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big, bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.